nothing like family to bring us new insights into life, as we'll see next. Family brings out the best of us as well as the worst. So how do we deal with family? Well, if we have God's perspective on it, we deal with it quite well, actually, because it is through family pain that God teaches us many things. And that's the lesson we learned today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi there, and welcome once again to our broadcast. Join us, won't you? 2 Samuel chapter 22 is where we're at with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Here's Pastor Phil. David was out here looking off of a rooftop down on a naked woman, his creator God had told him what to do. Flee that woman. Flee that lust. Don't commit adultery. Obey me. I'm sovereign. I'm your creator. I'm your father. I am the rightful lawgiver of all the universe. Do what I say, David. No. I'm going to be king for a day. And I'm going to be a God for a day. If I want it, I get it. And you can lump it. That's what he did. And you've done it a thousand times. When you want it, you go after it. And then you think, oh, I'll get right with God someday. But right now I want my sin. And he went for it. Nobody can arrest the king. You know, I'm the king. I run this place. And Amon got an army. He got him to join up with him. He got a bunch of followers. He became a king. Runs his dad out of town. He goes across the Jordan and he hides out. But Hushai gives some counsel that Absalom takes. That will work against him. And so Joab goes out to lead the forces of David against Absalom. And David, hear David. Absalom is a thoroughbred rebel, but when you're a parent, he's a son. And he tells Joab and the army, you may capture my son, but don't kill him. Capture, but don't kill. Well, they go out. Absalom's trying to get away. His hair's caught in an oak tree. The mule runs out from underneath him. He's hanging there by his hair. And the report's given to Joab, and he and his men come, and they take their javelins, and they throw them through the heart. Three to four javelins to the heart. They kill the boy. The messengers bring the message to David. And listen to David. Verse 33 of chapter 18. A Cushite comes and says, David asked about the, he asked the Cushite, is the young man Absalom safe? May the enemies of my Lord the King and all who rise up to harm you be like that young man. The king was shaken. He went up to the room over the gateway and he wept. And as he went, he said, Oh, my son Absalom. Notice he didn't say rebel. It's like these mothers that are interviewed as their sons are about to be executed. He's my boy, no matter what he did. And here's a caught parent. Oh, my son, Absalom. My son, my son, Absalom. 
If only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. The only other cry in all the Bible that sounds as pathetic is Jesus saying, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I came to redeem you. I came to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not, you would not let me enfold you. You were stubborn. You killed the prophets. You killed everything sent to you. Your sin is killing the nation. And I want to tell you the pathetic thing I'm living through and you're living through is sin is killing America. Not communism, not atheism. We won the Cold War. We just haven't won the sin war. There's a greater, greater, there's a bubonic plague across this land. Divorce, incest, abuse, hate, the vilest of sins committed against members of one's own family. Unwanted births all over. Illegitimate children winding up in dump baskets. Girls at 15 trying to raise a child when they've never become an adult. Sophisticated. Laugh at the church. Sin is a destroyer. And sin may have got its tentacles in your family. I don't know a family tree that sin hasn't done a good job on. I think of our family. I think of my generation. How many of us know the Lord? How many nieces and nephews know the Lord? Cousins. You know what? It's amazing. I come from a large family. My dad was the eldest of 10 children. My mother was the eldest of 10. You'd be amazed out of all the children beget in those family trees how few know God. Sin is a killer. Sin destroys us. That's why Christ is the only antidote. The gospel we preach is powerful enough to curb the sin bent in you, change your family tree, let you begin a family built upon peace and joy and the Holy Spirit. Let you begin to build a family on the Word of God and not on a TV that is stupid, immoral, vulgar, and an insult to a thinking mind. TV is the waste of your life. Don't be insulted by it. People in Hollywood are insulted by TV. We got folks that never read a book a year, but watch all the TV they can get. And we're getting more insensitized to sin all the time. Just get used to it. What's sin doing to your family? I've had people leave the church over things like this. I had a man tell me, uh, I raised my girl to do different. I, I believe you, but she's out sinning and doing her thing. All right, I'm leaving. Why? I can't serve a God that can't save my girl. I won't serve a God that won't change my daughter. In other words, you're going to act just as rebellious as her. It's okay if you do God that way, but it's wrong if your girl does you the way you've been doing God. Or do something with my teenager. Teach him how to pray. Teach him to get in the Word. Well, why don't you? Well, I'm not in the Word and I don't pray. The church is supposed to help. Maybe we can help the parents to start praying. God will mirror to you many. You know why adultery in the Bible is used throughout for one sin, idolatry. You read it in Jeremiah 2, Ezekiel 16, Hosea 1 through 3, Malachi 2. Adultery, adultery. God, why are you using sex? 
Why are you using adultery to talk about you? Isn't that a little vulgar and a little public? He said, yes, but you won't take it to heart until you know what it's doing to me. And he would let his people go into gross immorality to show them that idolatry was doing the same thing to him. My wife is sleeping with another God. My virgin bride, the church, is being tempted to be worldly and to turn into an adulteress. What is he saying? You can't sin without God not being moved with gut-wrenching pain. It hurts God when his people sin. As much as it hurts a parent to see the child they fathered, clothed and fed, turn on them, hate them, or reject every value they ever taught them. You were good enough to be a dad, but I don't want a relationship. This is exactly what God's living with a race, that he gave them their life, he gave them their health, their strength. Even the wicked got their life from God. And God says, the race has rejected me, refused me, and don't want to have anything to do with me. Weep with me as a father. And that's why the greatest comfort to you in family pain is a God who has a family. He's the God of every family in heaven and earth. He has a family of angels. He has a family on the earth, human beings. And he's got one unique son, the only one that has never, never, never sinned against him or disappointed him. And he said, he's the one that's going to die for all the rebels. He dies for all those that have broken my heart. And I'll let my heart be broken again as I watch him die in their place. Well, what is going on in Absalom? It illustrates that sin uh, will never submit to rightful authority. It sins against the rightful ruler of the universe. Absalom, your dad is supposed to be the king, not you. David, God is supposed to tell you what to do with Bathsheba, not you. You're king over my country, Israel. You follow my orders. I'm going to let your boys show you what you did to me. You usurped your authority and did your own thing. Absalom is another Satan. Pride and beauty destroyed him. As you go on in the narrative in 1 Kings 1 and 2, another son, the fourth son, Adonijah, he grows up and he wants to be the king instead of Solomon. He carries out a plot to become that king. He leads a rebellion. And David is told about it nearly on his deathbed. Bathsheba and Nathan come in and he says, declare Solomon to be king today. They make Solomon the king and Solomon has his brother Adonijah killed. The infant dies. Amnon is murdered. Absalom is murdered. Adonijah is murdered. David paid in four lambs. He gave up four to one. You kill one man, I'm going to take four of yours. I would just say, children of God, we live in perilous times and the devil wants your family. Sin wants you, wants your family. He wants to hurt you the most by family sin. Family sin is the hardest, the most difficult pain in this life. To have a father that doesn't love you, that's pain. To have children that won't cooperate with you, will not honor you, that's pain. To have a mate go into adultery or abandon you altogether and break your heart 
and leave you in a thousand pieces. That is pain, pain, pain. We deal with it all the time. We look nice. We're at our best. We're dressed and you just got to hear one guy talk. So we look sophisticated. But there's more pain in this church than you can even measure. And it's family pain brought by someone's sin. Sin destroys lives. If I've ever seen the principle, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's illustrated over and over in David's life, his family, and I've seen it worked out in families. I've seen adults get mad at God, and in their being mad at God, they lost everything for God in a family. What we need is for God to help us to remain faithful. Let me say something to you parents that maybe not one of your children are believers. Not one of your kids are bringing you any joy. Welcome to God the Father. Turn to me. Uh, Isaiah 1. Turn to Isaiah 1. You don't hardly believe this passage until you read it for yourself. Isaiah 1 verse 2. Hear, O heavens, listen, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. Does God know how to raise children? Does God know how to raise children? Is God perfect? Can perfect parents have rebellious kids? Well, quit stoning the parents. And you parents, quit blaming yourself. You can be God and raise a bunch of rebels. I wonder by chance, is there anyone in this building that since you've been a Christian have rebelled against God's will for your life? Have you ever done that? Go ahead. You know you have. And God lets you experience it horizontally. To enter into the pain he goes through when we want to do it our way, not his way. And he lets us get away with it. He's so omnipotent. He can, just, he, he can intercept it. Why doesn't he prevent you from it? No, he lets you burn your hand. He lets you get in trouble. Oh, we just did it once. Well, yeah. How many times do you have to do it? I, I, it was just there. It, it, I just played with it a little bit. And, oh, you know, God, God, you know, come on, it's fun. It's fun at the beginning. It's death at the end. To let out sin is like the letting out of water. Pretty soon it will destroy the dike. And you'll be out of control, and sin won't be in control of you. It's like drugs. I think of drugs. God told Adam and Eve in the garden, you shall rule over all of creation. Did God not say that? Did you know what? We're, we're stronger than elephants. We can train elephants to carry, pull logs. We can teach them to do. You can even tame a lion. At least Jack Benny. Or no, who was that guy? Clyde Beat or somebody. The guy that had the whip and the lines. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Clyde, I think. My mind's going. Um, you know, 
we, we tame all kinds of stuff. Animals. We're, I mean, we're in charge. And God to show us how weak we are in the last 50 years has led a plant. I hope that's plastic, Jane, I'm sorry. You know, a little opium poppy. A guy said, I can't make it through the day without a shot. I can't make it without a drink. Wait, this is the plant kingdom. You're supposed to be on top of it. These are plants. Marijuana's a plant. Don't let a drug tell you what to do. You're supposed to be telling it what to do. Huh? We haven't broken this place in yet. You're going to finally get loose, finally. I'm doing my best. It's up to you now. I mean, I've got to have a shot. Why do you have to have a shot? Sin is the addiction to find satisfaction that it can never find because you can never be satisfied in this life until you come to Jesus. You're going to be chasing the wind. I don't care how many women you can sleep with. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how many drugs you can get. You're going to hell. You're bound. You're a slave to sin. He who practices sin is a slave to it. You do what you do because you're chained, man. You can't get out. You think you're tough. You're in control of nothing. A plant tells you when to shoot up and when not to shoot up. A bottle tells you what to do. You're no man. You're an enslaved sinner. And you need a redeemer. You need someone to take the key and unlock all these chains that's all around your life and your body and say, I want to save you. I want to give you eternal life. If you'll just come and tell me you're lost that you can't get out of it yourself. I'll give you eternal life. That's our message. I was in Texas and I had a man ask me, he says, you've never seen God save any folks in this category or that category, have you? I said, what do you mean? This gospel doesn't have a category it doesn't save from. You know, we're so bad, we don't have any good news if you're in this category. You better go see the shrink or we just got to accept you. No, 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 no. Jesus never left a man the way he found him. When you come to Jesus Christ today, you need to be saved. Your family needs to be saved. Some of you parents, you've given up on God. And you said, I'm just let my kids run. I can't control them anyway. You need to wake up. You need to get some old-time religion like your grandma had. Some old-time religion like your mama might have had. It says... I won't give up on my kids because I can still pray. I can still fast. I'm going to pray until God comes through. Instead of us saying, I'm enslaved, let them do whatever. I'll just be glad when they get married and get out of the house and go to hell. I love the album of Helen Baylor, that one album. She's telling her testimony, telling about how she grew up with a grandma and they lived in Oklahoma and she finally got away from there and as a young girl was a great singer and she started running with a fast crowd and eventually she got hooked on drugs and I uh, was singing with top groups and her boyfriend was the drug dealer and she said one night she uh, shot up and she said she fell against this wall. She said all of her bodily fluids went out on the floor. She could not control herself. She should have died that night. She had so many drugs in her. 
but only as Helen Baylor, you'd have to buy the tape. She goes into a sing. But I heard a praying grandma say, I won't give up on my granddaughter. She said, I won't give up. Do you think God hears the prayers of moms and dads? Oh, yes, he does. And she said, I kept hearing, I won't give up on my granddaughter. And she came out of that. She's watching TV, televangelists share the gospel. She got saved. And her story is through all the years, through all the pain, through all the wrong choices, one thing haunted her. She had a praying grandmother back there. Somebody that cared. I wonder if you're here today, and maybe your family's in pain. You've got a child you can't control. You've got a child that's 13 going on 21. I don't know about you, I'm getting older or something, but these girls are developing quicker than I've ever seen in my life. I told my granddaughter, I want her to be ugly and flat-chested till she's 20, and it's just not working. It's just not working. That's the voice of a grandfather, though. Take it for what I mean. We've got to care for our family circle. Why should you lose your family? Nobody cares for your family like you. And the church is no substitute for you. We're, we've got a youth pastor. We've got a children's ministry. We're doing everything we know to do. Guess what? We can't get enough adults to help us many times. Or we get this attitude, well, I raised mine. I don't want to be bothered. But man, we've had some servants. We've got people in their 70s and 80s over there teaching our children, doing a magnificent job. God bless your tribe. May it multiply. Maybe today you're in pain as a father. You might be a young teenage girl, a young teenage boy. You're in pain the way you're being treated at home. I'd like to introduce you to Jesus today. If you would ask Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins, you might begin a brand new family tradition where peace and righteousness and Christ reigns in your family. It's got to begin with someone. And you know what I want us to do today? When we take communion, hear me young people, this is going to be hard on you. I want you to do it though. I want families to take communion in small circles. They might have to break through down the aisle. We'll move around. You know, this building doesn't control it. We're in charge of the building, right? We're going to use it for God. I want you to find your mom and dad. Uh, or if you've got an aunt and uncle, if you've got any family member with you. If you're not in a family today, if you're the only Christian here from your family, would you join one of our family groups? And uh, as we celebrate communion, they're going to hand it out. And uh, we'll prepare. I'm going to let us all get in, just turn around the pews and face the ones behind you. But if there's a child nearby, join your mom and dad. I love to see God save somebody today. I want you to bow your heads. I ask, is there anyone here today that says sin has been destroying my family? Would you pray for me, Pastor? Sin is destroying our family. Is there anyone? Raise your hand. Yes, yes. I see that. God sees it. Someone else, all over this building. Any of you got unsaved children? Raise your hand if you've got any children yet unsaved. Oh, all over the building. Well, I tell you what we need to start praying. I want God to give us a family revival in this church where he starts saving families and prodigals, restoring homes. We must ask God 
to save and to change lives. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time together has come to a close here, but as we leave you, we'd like to do so with our address and phone number if you'd like to contact us, and we would love to hear from you. You see, Truth For Today airs here on KFAX in part through financial partnerships with our listeners, such as yourself. If the Lord is prompting you to make either a one-time gift or be a monthly donor, we would love to hear from you. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. Please take a moment and contact us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And as our way of saying thank you for your partnership with us, we'll make you a TFT sustainer, which includes our quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional, into your email box every week. Again, it's all part of our TFT Sustainers Package. Contact us and learn more at 855-833-9864, or simply stop by our website, valleybible.org. And you can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As you stop by our website, valleybible.org, please remember other resource materials are available there. Other series is taught by Pastor Phil, some of the books that he's authored. You can also find out about Valley Bible Church, who we are and what we believe, how to get here, times that we worship, and you're more than welcome to join us. Again, you'll find it all at valleybible.org. Stop by and pay us a visit, then drop us an email and let us know you did pay us a visit. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.